It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Good morning. This is the first day of November. It is Tuesday morning, the 37th episode of the second season of the Stacy and Stacy podcast. This is the solemnity of all saints. I had to practice that word before we got started. I can't believe how many episodes we have done. I am so glad that you've joined us this morning for some scripture and tradition and a little teaching. Um, after our quick prayer and scripture reflection, like always, Stacey's going to talk to us and she's got something special to talk to us about on this special day. And first off, Stacey, where, where are you? I actually don't Stacey? know where I am. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear I, you. Yes. Okay. I don't know where I am. I'm somewhere on the back roads in Texas making my way down to Waco, Texas to take my teenage daughters to mass because it's a holy day of obligation. I have a two and a half hour drive. I'm on speakerphone. I'm all safe, but we're here with you this morning on the Stacy and Stacy podcast. <laughs> Stacy, thank you for your commitment to go to a holy day of obligation with your children and also to do the podcast today. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and say the prayer and uh, we'll get started and then ready. Okay. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for your love and your your mercy and your grace and your goodness, your kindness. We thank you that you prepare a place for us and that you've planned for each one of us. Um Bid us come to you, Lord. We want more of you. Please open the eyes of our understanding that we might comprehend your scriptures today. Give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear you. Mother Mary, pray for us. Pope St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, as always, grab a cup of tea, cup of coffee in your Bible, and be sure to spend some time with the Lord today. So today is um, All Saints, the Solemnity of All Saints. So I, um, I wanted to say that, you know, this is celebrated annually on November the 1st. Um, this day is dedicated to the saints of the church and all those who have attained heaven. And although we millions, maybe billions of people are already saints, all Saints Day observances tend to focus on saints recognized in the canon of the saints by the Catholic Church. However, all Saints Day is meant to honor every saint. Um, 
All Saints Day was formally started by Pope Boniface IV, who consecrated the Pantheon at Rome to the Virgin Mary and all the martyrs on May 13th in 609 AD. It is a Catholic holy day of obligation, meaning that all Catholics are required to attend Mass today. And that is why Stacy is on her journey this morning <laughs> to make sure that she and her kids go to church. Um, so today we are going to be reading out of the gospel. It's uh, in Matthew chapter five. It says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great in heaven. Okay, so we have been talking about how to live a life uh, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, to walk worthy of the Lord. And the Beatitudes coincide with this, as do the entire Sermon on the Mount. The uh, Mount of Beatitudes is a hill in northern Israel on the Chorazim, Chorazim Plateau. It is the spot where Jesus is believed to have delivered the Sermon on the Mount. So in light of what we've been talking about, I wanted to share what Pope John Paul II spoke on the Mount of Beatitudes in March of 2000 in his homily, where he compared the Mount of the Beatitudes to Mount Sinai, where the Ten Commandments were written by the finger of God. He says in his homily, these two mountains, Sinai and the Mount of the Beatitudes, offer us the roadmap of our Christian life and a summary of our responsibilities to God and neighbor, the law and the Beatitudes together mark the path of the following of Christ and the royal road to spiritual maturity and freedom. And when I read that, I thought that sounds just like what we've been talking about. I mean, we have responsibilities to God and to our neighbor. Yesterday, we were told to think about ourselves uh, or think about others first, put others before us, um, to be humble and to regard others as more important than ourselves. Not only to think about what matters to us and our own interests and desires and wants, but what matters to those around us, to be considerate, just to be considerate of others. So Pope John Paul II goes on to say, the Ten Commandments of Sinai may seem negative, you will have no false gods before me. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. 
But in fact, they are supremely positive. Moving beyond the evil they name, they point the way to the law of love, which is the first and greatest of the commandments. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You will love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus himself says that he came not to abolish, but to fulfill the law. His message is new, but it does not destroy what went before. It leads what went before to its fullest potential. Jesus teaches that the way of love brings the law to fulfillment. And he taught this enormously important truth on this hill here in Galilee. So no one no one and i love that he is talking to in in this homily he is talking to a group of youth that are there and he's he's asking them to consider their calling so that's kind of um the purpose of this message but i'm i wanted to refer to it because it so speaks to what we've been talking about no one wants to hear all the time everything they can't do and so he's saying that this may seem negative uh, to some people, the Ten Commandments might seem negative. But when I became Catholic, I wanted to know what I could and couldn't do. I wanted to know what the rules were, what the boundaries were, um, the law. And I just just tell me so that I know. So because like Pope John Paul II says, they point the way to the law of love. When we obey God, when we know what the rules are, it is one way that we can show him that we love him. Because in John 14, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I have to say, I will. I will. You will keep your my commandments. I will is not I might. There have been times when it's been it's been so hard to do what I know God is asking me to do. It's it's definitely a sacrifice. I have to deny myself like we've talked about. I know God's asking me to do something and it's hard. I don't want to. I don't want to give something up. I don't want to. Uh, I want it, I want my own way. I want to do what I want. But I have to say, Father, I will forgive. I will say I'm sorry. I will trust you, Lord. Um, I will be still and know that you are God in this situation. And I will let you be God in this situation. I will say, nonetheless, Lord, at your word, I will do what you ask of me. I will keep your commandments. We have to, we have to will, we have to submit our will to his. And in this, I hope that by doing that, I'm showing the Lord that I love him above all else. And when, not if, when I mess up and face plant and fall, fall flat on my face, I go to confession and I praise him for forgiving me and helping me get back up again. But we do keep his commandments and we do obey him because we want him to know that we love him. Pope John Paul II goes on to say, blessed are you, he says, all you who are poor in spirit, gentle and merciful, you who mourn, who care for what is right, who are pure in heart, who make peace, you who are persecuted, blessed are you. But the words of Jesus may seem strange. It is strange that Jesus exalts those whom the world generally regards as weak. He says to them, blessed are you who seem to be losers because you are the true winners. The kingdom of heaven is yours. Spoken by him who is gentle and humble in heart. These words present a challenge 
which demands a deep and abiding metanoia of the spirit, a great change of heart. I love that. I love that he said these words of Jesus may seem strange to the world. The world might think, oh my goodness, it's it's upside down day. It's opposite day. Why would he exalt the weak, the weak ones? When in fact, these are the strongest of them all. We even talked yesterday about how hard it is to bite your tongue when you really want to leash, you know, um, um, unleash it on someone. How hard it is to control ourselves when we're so upset or when we're hurt, or when we're angry or when we're in, you know, walking in fear. A lot of times the actions and the things that we say, the things that we do stem from fear. Fear is usually the root of, um, you know, anger. But these these ones, the ones that uh, he just referenced, the ones who are humble, the ones who are kind, the ones who are quick to forgive, those who have experienced heartache and, and have empathy for others, those willing to share their testimonies to encourage others, those who are hungry for Jesus, who those who are not confrontational, those who have self-control, those with integrity. These are the strong people, even though the world may view them as being weak. These are strong people. They are the ones who have paved the way for us. And many of them have given their lives for us. They've given their lives for Jesus. Many of these are the ones who overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and did not cling to life, even in the face of death, as as Revelations 12 tells us. These are the ones praying for us, even now in heaven, praying that we would all have that metanoia of the spirit, a great change of the heart, not just a mind. You know, I've always said it takes from the, the mind to the heart can be a long journey. We may know something. We may know we need to do something. We may know something's right. We may know that Jesus loves us because that's what we've been taught. We may know it in our mind, but it has to travel down in our heart where we truly, truly know it. So a great change of heart so that we might join them one day in heaven. One last thing from Pope John Paul II's homily, he says, In the end, Jesus does not merely speak the Beatitudes. He lives the Beatitudes. He is the Beatitudes. Looking at him, you will see what it means to be poor in spirit, gentle and merciful, to mourn, to care for what is right, to be pure in heart, to make peace, to be persecuted. This is why He has the right to say, come follow me. He does not simply say, do what I say. He says, come follow me. I pray that we all know him, that we all know Jesus and that we all hear his voice so we can follow him. Because Jesus doesn't just talk the talk. He walks the walk. He is our perfect example to follow. Not that we are perfect or can be perfect, but... Just like Paul tells us in the Bible to be imitators of God. We are to imitate him. We are to strive for that. Okay, now, one last thing. (laughs) He goes on to say, The Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes speak of truth 
and goodness, of grace and freedom, of all that is necessary to enter into Christ's kingdom. Now it is your turn to be courageous apostles of that kingdom. Again, this is his homily where he's encouraging the youth that are in attendance there to consider their call. But we can all courageously enter into Christ's kingdom and share the love of Christ with others by leading lives worthy of the Lord and living a life in a manner worthy of Christ. So I encourage you to read uh, Pope John Paul II's homily. It's a, a short read. It might take you about 15 minutes. It's easy. It's, it's, it's packed full of goodness. And uh, we'll post it in the show notes so that you can access it and, and read it. That's wonderful, Stacy. Um, I'm still here in the car. Can you hear me? <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're still there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much for going that through that and for talking about the where All Saints Day came from. I didn't know that. And for talking to us about what Pope St. John Paul II, get it all in there, what he said about the Beatitudes. And I was just thinking as you're, how wonderful it is to have these truths to go back to as we live out our lives. Because, boy, I sure needed a reminder this morning of what it is. Because, I, you know, to be honest, I've been, I've been pretty upset. I've been pretty upset with God lately. Um, I, uh, it, it's real hard for me today on All Saints Day to go to the lengths I'm going to. And I know, poor me, right? I'm not trying to be pitiful. Everybody has their struggles. But just me, Stacey Tresane goes, I have a little saint in heaven now. We, we have our grandson, Saint Amias, the little uh, premature baby that my daughter gave birth to and everybody was praying for. And he was doing so well in the hospital and he died. And we don't understand it. I don't know why God took that child uh, because I was really envisioning a couple of years from now, a chubby little toddler coming up and showing Meemaw what he got, what kind of candy he got, you know. And it, and it's, it's just a hard pill to swallow that, that the, that baby's life was short, but shorter than I wanted it to be. But that baby was baptized. He's in heaven. He's a saint. I'm supposed to be joyful about that. And I'm trying really hard uh, to remember that. Because when you have a baby like that pass away in your family, you have your own little saint that you can pray to. And I pray every day, St. Amias, pray for your mother. Because my daughter is devastated. Yeah. Um, and it's real hard trying to watch her take one step at a time each day and get up and keep going again. Well, here it is, All Saints Day, and this is the truth of living the Catholic life. I mean, I, I'm not going to even read the catechism today because I'm driving. I have the speakerphone on. I'm being safe and all that, but I can't yeah. read the catechism this morning because that obviously would be not safe. But living the Catholic life, the, the whole idea of a holy day of obligation. So first of all, when you're Protestant, you're not even required to go to church on Sunday. Right. Like when you're Protestant, you you can go or not go. It's it's really the, the message they send is it's like a club. You just can be there or not be there. It's not it's about you. It's not about God. Right. And when I became Catholic, 
And I learned this holy day of obligation or this obligation period. So every Sunday is a holy day of obligation. Every Sunday we're required to either go to the vigil mass the night before, which was also confusing. But you, you can go to the vigil mass the night before that counts as a Sunday mass. Once the sun goes down, you're like already in the next day. And that counts. So you can go on Saturday night or you can go on Sunday morning and you're required to go. If you miss it on purpose, it's a mortal sin. Yeah. So it has to be on purpose. But that freaked me out <laughs> because yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I hope I don't forget. I hope I don't forget. And then I heard about these holy days of obligations. And let me tell you, lifelong Catholics. That is confusing for us non-Catholics because I don't know what the holy days of obligations are. I didn't even realize that they sometimes change from one year to the next because if there is a holy day of obligation close to a Sunday, the bishops can decide to give a dispensation, meaning you don't have to go. And so I'm, I'm like, well, I'm going to go to all of them no matter what because <laughs> I don't, I don't want to take a chance of missing one. Right. Like there was really a time when there was a holy day of obligation up in New York and we didn't know. And I realized too late in the day and I was like calling all the churches, trying to find a church, trying to find somewhere we could go. And I was crying and I was devastated and I was like having a meltdown. And I called the pastor and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. We missed the holy day of obligation. I didn't know it was one. And, and uh, the the, the priest is like, it's okay. You, you were trying. I'm going to come to confession anyway. Can I come yeah. to confession right now? And so on that holy day of obligation, we went to confession because we missed all the best. I made the whole family get in the car and go to confession. The little kids and everything. And I'm like to the little kids, I'm like, y'all, it's not your fault. It's all mommy's fault. Mommy did not know. Mommy should have known. And we're, we, we are going to go to confession, even though we didn't go to mass. And it was like, I was so stressed out. And like, I know, I don't, I don't know if, I think you are supposed to be that crazy about it. You know, like you're supposed to care that much. Well, here we are. I've mellowed a little bit as I've gotten older, but not that much because I don't, I don't want to be derelict in my obligation. So what happened today, if you don't mind me telling the story and continuing on here as I, okay, I got getting on a new highway. So what happened is this, my daughters are both in band. They are award-winning bassoon playing um, musicians. They're both very accomplished on the bassoon. And they're in the marching band for Lindale High School. And Lindo High School made it to state for the, I think it's the fourth, third or fourth year in a row. That's they awesome. made it to state. And so when you're a marching band in Texas at a big school, making it to state is a big deal. Well, they're on a roll. So the state competition happens to be today, November 1st, All Saints Day. And they had to go last night on a bus. And they have to get up early this morning and begin the rehearsal. And their 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 performance time is two o'clock. And if they make it through the first round, they will even have to stay into the night. So guess what? They're not available to go to mass any time today except for very early in the morning. Well, that means I have to get up because I can't stay in the hotel with them. They're they're with they're on the school trip. That means I have to get up 
this morning at four o'clock and drive two and a half hours to Waco, Texas, where they are. So I can take them to an 830 mass with the bishop there at their Catholic school because there isn't any other early morning mass that I can get them to if we don't make this one. So I'm driving. I'm like, Stacey, we have to do the podcast by phone this morning because I'm going to be in the car driving through the back roads of Texas, going from Lindale down to Waco. There's no big highway. So I'm wheeling around on the, on the, the road to get them at the hotel at 830, hoping the band directors let them go. Cause I already emailed the band directors. I have to pick my children up. It's a holy day of obligation. All saints day. Catholics are obliged to go to mass on this day to celebrate all saints. We'll be praying for all the saints to pray for the band while y'all march today, but I have to get my girls and go take them to mass and then I will bring them back to the rehearsal as soon as mass is over. And like I had to explain all that. And wow. And so that's, that's what we're doing. I'm going and I'm hoping that they are released from their hotel and that we make it to this mass by eight 30. And God knows if we don't make it, I have tried. That's right. That's right. What, what a commitment and what a witness you are, not only to your children and your family, but also to all those in the band and the and the instru band instructor and everybody. I hope so. I mean that that's yeah. kind of how it is. Like, but but what are your options? I mean, this is this is the links we have to go to as Catholics sometimes. What are your options? Like, my option would have been to say to my priest, "Can we have a dispensation because they made it to state and they're in the band? Can my girls like not?" not go today because they have an excuse and he probably would have said okay or he might have said who do you put first Stacy do you put God first or do you put marching band first and yeah. I would have been ashamed that I even asked so I decided not to even ask and and my girls even said so they're you know they're COVID kids right they lived through COVID they're like well can we just watch it on Facebook uh-huh uh-huh yeah <laughs> I'm like you know you know what I want to say that we can, but the truth is I want to come watch you perform anyway. So I don't mind driving two and a half hours there. I may as well get up out of bed and just drive early so we can go to mass together that day and do it right. You know, so I don't think watching Facebook is a good alternative for this day. No. And when you said a minute ago, Stacey, about, you know, I think we should all be that, that, um, intense about it you know when you were upset about missing and trying so desperately to get to mass you know i feel like that it, the, it, it's easy for us to get desensitized to things right so it's easy like if we just justify not going one time then it's easier yeah. to justify not going to mass the next time and then it's easier if well if i didn't go to mass it's easier to justify not going to a holy day of obligation the next time and before long you know it you've justified not just going whenever you want to i mean that's kind of it, it be, we become desensitized to it and i'm and that is exactly the way it is in like as a protestant i remember yeah. as early on in my journey to come into the catholic church my mom and i had found a church in dallas and she, I didn't go because like you said, you don't have to go. And so I didn't go that morning. And it, and when I say that Catholics, you know, are kind of like, oh, what? You didn't go? 
but it's okay because I was Protestant and I didn't have to. There was no, there was nothing in me that said, oh, I absolutely have to go. It's you go if, if the stars align and everything's right in the world and you feel like getting up and going, you know, but this morning I didn't go and my mom was going and she called me and she said, Stacy, did they close the church down? And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, there's no one here. There's no cars in the parking lot. And usually they even had a police officer directing traffic. That's how many people would go to this church. It was huge. And she said, there's nobody here. And I said, well, give me just a minute, mom. Let me look it up online to see if something has happened. Like, I didn't know if something had happened to the pastor or his family. I didn't know what was going on. So I looked it up. And he had decided to call a quote unquote Sabbath Sunday for the entire church. And he had decided, he said he wanted everybody to get their house coats, stay in their pajamas, put your house shoes on, grab your, you know, cup of coffee, uh, breakfast, family, gather around the computer and just watch uh, church online that Saturday, they were all basically going to take a break. And he had a pre-recorded, you know, message for them because I'm sure his family had something to do that weekend. But that, that spoke to me so loudly because I'm thinking that would never happen in the Catholic church. And it just, right. the commitment that people make to go to church, that the, you know, looking like even with Pat um, during deer season, when he's gone to Oklahoma, we plan a, around church. Okay. I have to be back in by this time to go to this church. This one has a four o'clock service, or this one has a, you know, a five o'clock service here on, we have to plan. You have to be on purpose. You have to on purpose go to mass and it is a commitment and it is denying yourself. And it is, it is showing God that I love you. I'm committed to you. I want to be there. It is about you. It's not just about my convenience. It is not about me. I'm coming to meet with you. And I love that. I love that commitment. And I love that what you're doing this morning. And I think it speaks volumes, Stacy. Well, pray for me that it all works out and that we make it. Um, and and also pray for us because this All Saints Day is particularly difficult. Um, yeah. Trying to be happy about our little saint in heaven, which we are, but we, in our selfish, human, limited way, we would much rather him be in our arms. But um, but we will go on with life because that's what we do, and ask God what He wants from us. And uh, I hope. You out there have a beautiful All Saints Day, thinking about the Beatitudes and what we need to do in our own lives to become saints ourselves. That's what it's all about. Yes, yes, yes. Have a blessed day. Thanks for joining us today. Stacy. you be careful. We're all going to be praying that you make it safely. I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trisenkos. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>